some creativity. creativity for the society. The Process Podcast. That's rad. It's the Process Podcast, episode 99. Zach, it's, yes, sir. it's so close. One off. Triple digits is so close. How does it feel? Let me ask Kinda you that. How does like, that feel? When I think about it, it's weird. But it is. But like I almost don't like it almost seems normal. It's yeah. And not in the way it's in like weird way. not in the way that like, oh, we expected to get to a hundred and still be doing it and still loving it and be like, oh, we just got to normal, whatever, it's not a big deal. It's not like that. It's just that it feels normal because that's how it's felt for a while now. That's why mm-hmm. when we think of, you know, some of the guests we've had on, that's to us seemed like it was like last week, but it was weeks ago. Months ago. It's yeah. so strange because time just flies. So it feels kind of just normal in a way, but yeah. it is it is exciting. It's cool. Time does fly. It really does. Like especially with this. I was thinking back the other day over the weekend, actually, of times when the sun was still up during the day and like I would, I could drive home at say six o'clock or seven o'clock and still have the sun out. Mm. And then I was thinking like, I guess, yeah, we were doing the podcast back then too. Cause I, I would come home and I had my desk in a different orientation, but we were still doing it. And it was the same thing. And it was, it was weird to just reflect back on that point. That kind of seems like a long time ago, even though it was say back in September, October, but then also to think that, yeah, we we were doing this then like the last yeah. time i came down in cambridge was beginning of november november 6th i mean when we when then, we started this when i left your house after that really long day mm-hmm. um that was when i left it was still light out yeah and i left at like or no it was, it was, it was just getting dark when yeah. i was physically walking down your driveway the into car. the car that was like it was just starting to get dark and it was like 9 30 ish mind-blowing isn't it and now it's like 4 30 and it's fucking dark yeah which i'm not gonna lie i kind of love it but (laughs) yeah you like it i like i enjoy the sunlight i enjoy the sunlight it's it's just weird how long it's gone on for but it's also not gone on for very long you know it's still extremely young this whole thing is very young in its infancy but it feels like it's been around for such a long time, mm-hmm. you know, like we've learned, I think I've, I've learned so much just yeah. listening to other people talk. Yeah, totally. Like when we like Sean, Belinda, Maho, Campbell, Sawyer, Nick, everybody. Well, even the people are like, I mean, pretty much, Catherine, Reese. Well, I mean, everyone we've had on, we know, mm-hmm. we know. I mean, Campbell, yeah. that was my first time one meeting him, knows. but like, yeah, at yeah. least one of us knows. And like with Sawyer, I know him really well because I've been like, it's been one of my best friends for like decade, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And the people who went to school, we know really well, especially like Sean and Seb and, and Nick and, yeah. and Maho, like the ones that like we graduated with and we were spent four years with. Um, mm-hmm. And and yet we still learn stuff. And I think, you know, and I, and I think, and not just the thing I keep bringing up, the fact that Miles' mom was an architect and we somehow didn't even know that. But yeah, but even I mean, the other things... I don't know how she did that. <laughs> the other things that... Just keeping secrets. The other things... Um, maybe, maybe that's why she kept it a secret. I don't want people to think like, oh, she already knows design yeah, shit. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah. Just whatever. I, I, would, I wouldn't shut up about that. I'd be flexing it. But uh, I think what's cool is, is like how open people have been with it Mm -hmm. and it's not like again it's not like um there's hundreds of thousands of people listening it's not like the audience is so big that like um it's scary to talk about things but like even us like especially me being super shy like starting out it was weird and like i was like i don't know am i like again the the fact like knowing that some people listen is kind of like man do i want to be like kind of you know talking about like how i hated first year and how i almost gave up or my troubles with thesis and shit like that right and then it kind of just came out natural we're like actually you know 
talking about it. That's what I and I noticed that a lot. I noticed that a lot with you. Yeah, and like, which I feel like has helped. Um, definitely helped the way I look at like say thesis and whatever. I'm just like you know it's whatever it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what's cool is like even the guests have been like that, and I think all of them have kind of opened up in pretty personal ways that like. It's not that, I mean, especially everyone at school, like we were really close with a lot of people, especially mm-hmm. when you think of some of the boys like going through Chroma mm-hmm. and like Sean, Sean and I have kissed several times. <laughs> exactly. On the lips, and like, full you know, lip contact. You know, Seb and I have some pretty deep conversations. Obviously you and I have, and some of the other people, like we know, you know, if we had tough times or something, we'd talk to each other about it. Like, like that's how just a person to confide with. That's how close you were, but we also didn't always. I mean, you and I maybe because we lived together, but we didn't always like in the shop, literally sit down with everyone and be like, "Guys, I think I'm gonna give up." Kind of thing. We all have a big thing. It wasn't yeah. like. It's not that we're saying like, oh. It's not that we weren't that close, but we didn't just act like we were busy, and I think, without without everyone kind of knowing it, but also not knowing it those like therapy sessions for us were like let's go get a burger the six of us yeah and then yeah. come back and just have a chat and have some laughs listen to music and that was like all we needed right and then we could move on with whatever yeah. thing we were trying to sketch at the time but um because even in school like there's still the competitive nature yeah, right? to things even though like the competitive nature is good and it can drive you to challenge yourself and better yourself it's not intended the competitive nature of it is never intended to look at people as your enemy or someone to beat it's always using the metric of someone to gauge your skills against so that you can hopefully improve but that's still kind of that even just that mentality kind of makes it a bit tricky to completely open up to people yeah you don't want to give because it's it's almost like (laughs) revealing a weakness exactly right and like but but um but even still like i'm surprised that a lot of people like pretty much everyone i think has opened up quite a bit i mean seb especially you know oh, yeah. quite a bit and he's was you know he's usually um not defensive is not the word but like easily close off a bit right because he's he's know. a more reserved human being and that's just how yeah he's always been as far as i can remember exactly and so but it's been cool like having people actually open up and i think that's the that's the things that people are listening that are maybe thinking about going through going into the same program or who have or are going through or have gone through the same program and mm-hmm. you know again that was one of the things that uh one of the driving factors for us starting this was you know we would like to talk about these things and mm-hmm. it would have been cool to hear people talk about you know their struggles in first year so then when we were in struggling first year we were like you know what it's not the end of the world we can you know, we still got to work our ass off, but we can chill and not have to worry about being the worst designer to ever live. Like everyone kind of yeah. goes through this. And so there's a light at the end of the tunnel at the end of the day. Yeah. And so kind of having that has been a, been a cool thing because having everyone open up and talking about it, I think if people listening again, or even if they're not planning on going to design, like those kind of things apply to every industry, like the struggles, right? The, the yeah. beginner struggles. I think it's just, it's, good life lessons to kind of understand comprehend and unpack you know like you go through something and it kind of sucks and you get beat down over it but then you bounce back that's all good if you can bounce back but i think it's important to understand why and how you bounce back and like what is it like to be around like speaking of myself in say the third person yeah if I'm beat down on a project and I'm stressed and I get really frazzled, what is it then like to be around me when I'm in that state versus when I come out of that and I feel productive and I feel encouraging and overall in a good place, then what is it like to be around me? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I, I think about that a lot. Like, what is it like to be around me at any particular point in time? Especially with design where it can be so stressful and just so crazy and so fast all the time. You know, everything's just kind of coming at you like like punches and you, you're just cowering in a corner trying to not get pummeled to death. It would be interesting. That is how you, it's how you respond to that and how you react. It would be interesting to hear um, 
there like the the person's take like the people that were kind of towards the bottom mm-hmm. like maybe it'd be a bit weird but like it'd be a bit weird it was like hey you you're one of the lower not lower but you ended up kind of in the bottom of the class academically how does it feel it's like, oh, you know, like we had a tough run, tough four years, but it, uh, we've, we kind of made it out on, we, we made the best of the, of the situation, you know, got a couple runs in and kind of becomes like a, like a sports Vox pop. You're like, how do you feel being at the bottom of the class? It's like, uh, <laughs> no comment. Well, I think it was, what I was going to say it would be interesting is, uh, asking them like, so what was Dylan like to work or to be around? Oh God. <laughs> when he's you know, probably terrible. Uh, well, did, maybe, mm, maybe. I don't think I worked with anybody who was particularly near the bottom of the class. And even if they were, I don't think that I ever thought about it in that way. I tried to think of, okay, well, how can they have strengths regardless of whether they're near the bottom academically or not? And whether they're near the bottom academically, that can also simply be due to the social structure of, that the program kind of creates around itself. You know, it automatically creates its own kind of hierarchy system. There's people that rise to the top, there's mm-hmm. people that fall to the bottom, and there's people that will comfortably flesh out the middle all the time. It always happens because it's a social group and it's a social dynamic. Yeah. It happens everywhere. Dude, I was... That's we need like, like a, biology. We need like an industrial design program like show reality show because the more like honestly like like i've said i've been like watching the ink master seasons because i'm mm-hmm. getting more and more into tattoos and i really want tattoos but uh it's just a really rad show but it it's literally it's like that there's yeah you start with this many people you finish with this many people and literally and it's competitive I mean, that's a bit different because you're literally, you know, fighting for, I think, Ink Masters usually like, here's a bunch of money and like you get to be in the Ink magazine and you get to, you know, you if you make it to the, like your life's changed if you win because now your name's out there, everyone sees how good you are, you're going to get tons of work, you can... You also get the publicity of the show, Exactly, right? that's what I'm saying, you get the publicity you need to like make the next step to go to like a, a well-known professional artist, right? So it's a bit different yeah. that way, but same thing you're competitive but you're not like trying to beat them you're trying to beat yourself right you're trying to use them to push you to be better and the and the thing that i think is like the best comparison between a show like that and ideas not one person is at the top all the time very true like in that show you could have someone starts off and like the first five weeks the first five challenges they're you know best tattoo of the week like they just nail it every time right and you're like oh mm-hmm. that that's they're just gonna they're so good they're gonna wipe everyone and then the next week they're in the bottom because something yeah. happens or they screw up or you know they find something they're not good at and yeah it happens. and then the other way around you have people that just like by the skin of their teeth get through the first half competition scrape by and then out of nowhere do this like really great piece of work and that's literally what it's like. It shows that you can't you can't count anybody out regardless yeah. of their ability. Exactly. You know? I remember I think it was in second year when we were presenting for Gracious Living. Sean it was Olive, Sean and I as a trio. And I think Olive and I were in studio together and we we're talking to Sean on Facebook. And he was like, he was very sick. He got some kind of a stomach bug mm. just a couple of years before COVID. Rest in peace, COVID. But I remember Sean was like real sick and he was freaking out because he was like, I'm not going to be able to to come into studio and like I have these drawings, but I have no way to get them to you guys. And he he ended up walking to school sick and it was like a 45 hour minute walk, which is ridiculous. Blows my mind. Stupid decision because he could have died. But that is kind of an example of someone like Sean didn't necessarily start off near the bottom, nor was he anywhere near the top. But then over time, gradually, persistently, was able to kind of ramp up his reputation and his abilities and his mm-hmm. skills, say, into second year to the point where he was a lot more confident in them. And then all of a sudden, boom, he gets sick and it kind of just smacks him right down. And he's got to like look around 
evaluate and be, well, I may not be able to make it to studio this week and I may not be able to get my sketches up on the wall and show the client. And that's probably going to suck. And if it's, if that's in a reality TV show, that's one of those episodes where it's like, Sean Plattick has a devastating failure. Well, that's like in, in, in Gangbuster where it's like the, the, um, the, the human canvas I like that's how they mm. call the people that are getting tattooed in the show is the human campuses. It's pretty, it's pretty objective, but yeah, it makes like sense. It. It's straight to the point. But mm-hmm. when one of them like is like, oh, I don't like what you're doing, or this hurts too much, I need to have a break. And then the artist and they go for like a break, and artists in there like, I've literally got like a few hours to do this huge piece, and like that's that right where it's out of your control. Mm-hmm. Like it's things you can't yeah do, but you just have to try and I don't know yeah get out and of it's there. It's how re- it's how you react to that situation. And how that human canvas comes back and the artist reacts to it. It's how Sean is able to react to that being sick in the middle of a, of a studio project, like a week or two before having to present. And then he comes back with just a as determined, if not more determined than before attitude. And we end up getting third place in the competition, which is mm. freaking cool. Hell yeah. It's like first, first design award I ever won, which wasn't really much of a design award, but it's better than nothing. It's something. You know? It's something. Yep, something to put on the resume fills up space. Yeah. It's kind of nice. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's. I don't even remember how we got on that tangent in the first place, but it was a nice little reflective thing for yeah the first like ninety nine or first, first in ninety eight. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I guess looking back on the first ninety eight episodes, yeah. zero zero one. Let's. I'm gonna play. Just because I'm curious. I'm going to play through. This is going to be off my phone, so it's probably going to sound like dog shit. But play the very first. Yeah. It might just cut out for me. Going through the mic, I don't know if it'll pick it up. Oh, will it? Does that happen if I play something through the Sometimes it cuts in and out. That's a bit annoying. All right, let's see. We're good to go. Can you see three big waveforms on your... On your mm-hmm. end, beautiful. <laughs> Means we're going. Sure can. This is the first episode of, hopefully, many of what we are now calling the Process Podcast. My name is. That's cool. It's. I totally forgot it, about that. It's funny because, like, yeah, it's a few months ago, but it's almost like September 9th. We we sound different. I think. I don't know. Maybe. Do you, do you, do you totally. hear that? It sounds different. It sounds. It sounds more beginner, or maybe that's just because. We look back on it and be like, that was our first episode, but it sounds like the beginning, which is cool. It does. It does. It's cool. I mean, there's also the audio production and like the post-production of each episode was different back then. Yeah. It wasn't as dialed in as it is now. It's still not perfect, but it gets there. These microphones are great, but they're a little temperamental, you know? Yeah. I think our biggest- That's also just because we- Yeah. The biggest, I think the biggest pet peeve is just like the location. We're both stuck at home. Yeah, we're oh, like, no, one hundred percent. If we had our own space with, like, just soundproofed walls, even just fabrics on the walls, yeah, and a proper desk where we don't have to be kind of hunched over the desk, have everything just on the laptops, clean setup. You know, you don't have much of an echo. Block it off. Relatively minimal noise because we can control the environment. That's honestly the best place, but considering we've done i'm trying to think of how many episodes we've done in person and it's not a lot no like we pre-recorded what the first seven first seven we did yeah that one day so there's seven and then you came over once or twice to record three times total three three times total yeah yes it's probably yeah it's probably around 10 out of the that's crazy nine that's literally that's literally ten percent. Yeah, yeah. That's mind blowing. Yeah, that's it. It's pretty pretty rad, actually. Wow. I remember being at the beginning, having the mindset of kind of being apprehensive towards doing everything remotely. Even though I never admitted it to you, I was never like fully keen on using Discord just because it meant it was another thing I had to learn. Interesting. And then. Because I wanted to at least be able to even just go out to Cambridge every week and thought like, whoa, well, if we can pre-record five episodes in one day, then we could do that. Then I thought about it driving home one night from your place in like the two hours on the highway. 
I'm thinking that's just, it's not as genuine. It's not as exciting. And it's almost forced to batch record five, release them, batch record another five, release them. And I think it was me wanting time off in the evenings, probably is what it was. And then now realizing that this is my time off in the evenings Mm -hmm. and this is the relaxing thing for me. This is the enjoyable, fun part of what this thing is like it's the whole idea has totally grown grown on me and grown even beyond what like beyond what i expected it to oh me too i mean like like i talked before i think we, we talked about it a bit in some of the episodes a while ago now um about like why we chose first 50 episodes not to tell anyone we knew about mm-hmm. what we were doing and I knew I said that, like, even though the plan was, the idea was like, well, if you if, if you tell everyone you know, your family, your friends, you're gonna get because of their fa- because they are your family and friends, they're gonna listen to the first few episodes. You know, they want to support By you. Default. And then they're probably not gonna stop caring. And then you had a big jump at the beginning, and then nothing. And we both agreed that well, the the idea of having a lot, a big spike very quickly, and then going down. Is not what you want. We would rather a slow, gradual uphill, you know, a, mm-hmm. a, a growth. Um, but it, there was also a part of me that I definitely talked about before about a little bit of like, well, I was a bit nervous because I didn't want to get that like rejection, even though it's like if someone yeah. was like, if I thought someone I knew saw it was like, oh, they're doing a podcast that's corny or like oh, everyone's doing it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not that it's that would have stopped a, it's, us it's from doing it. It's a bit expected in a way. Yeah, and it's, uh, not because it would have stopped us from doing it. Like, But there's that little bit that like, doesn't matter how much you say you don't care, you care a little bit about what people think, right? You always care a little bit. A little bit. I think the most the most important thing is to just physically not care what anybody else thinks. Yeah. It's a powerful thing. And so, but that was one thing I didn't expect was the kind of the the support from people I knew. As soon as that video went a lot on on my Instagram and cause you weren't back mm-hmm. on Instagram at the time. And like Rest all the people, like even people I went to high school with and stuff that I hadn't talked to in a bit, you know, messaged me saying like, Oh, this is really cool. Or like liking it and stuff. Yeah. It's, it was like, okay, that's actually a pretty good, cool feeling. Right. I didn't expect it. First of all, it's not like we expected really to even to get to 50 that consistently, you know, and mm-hmm. we did. And then the support from other people and the support from like, you know, profs we've talked to and and um and 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 other people listening to it and like people saying you know the the audio quality is really good or you know this is really interesting or having people reach out that they are students or thinking about being students and and Mm -hmm. we didn't expect that like you know we didn't expect people all over the place to message and say hey like i'm going through the same thing and it was really cool to hear you guys talk about it so i don't feel like i'm the only one or yeah, like um, Leo like in Italy, randomly out of nowhere, yeah. decides to start listening to this thing. Never even been to Italy. Like, wouldn't I know? Wouldn't like expect maybe that. two Italian people <laughs> wouldn't expect that, right? No, and I think that's what's people in the states, people in Australia, people in New Zealand. Yeah, and I think like, what are you doing? Even the little things that like surprised me, like um, like the Instagram, the way the Instagram looks mm. is great. Like even the posts and like doing these like little mock-ups and stuff like that. Like I didn't even expect we would have enough stats to do like our own wrapped 2020 thing and make it look as good as we did as well. And like, you know, I didn't even expect that. And that's, it just looks really cool. You know, it's really, it's just cool stuff we've been able to figure out, but it's also been like each person that like people that listen to each episode, like for those that do. And if you're listening to this now, then we really appreciate you. Even if this is the first time that you listen, we really appreciate you. I was just... It's just cool. Yeah, I was just thinking, after we were just talking about, like, actually recording in the same room, imagine if we had started this at, like, the end of school and we were recording in the same room, like, at Woodlot. Oh, that would be... That's what I would always think about. Because that would have been pretty quiet, other than noise from upstairs. It would have been... But it usually wasn't too bad. Yeah. And we could have, like, in one of her rooms, just, like, muffled it a bit and 
just recorded mm-hmm. in there and like if we wanted we could have had like jason on <laughs> and stuff like that yeah. like that would have been and we could have had anyone over that come over and do an episode and we just sit on the couch and we're all comfortable That's and we're just so true talking into these mics like that'd be yeah. you know that'd be pretty cool that'd be pretty That's a dream. That's why we got to get out of dodge and get, get a place, and place yeah and then i can get a dog finally have my life be complete get a yeah. dog yeah i, I can't dog, wait to- the dog's having its own instagram percent. you have I'm just to. gonna take so many banger photos of this you, thing. you have to because it'll blow up 100 it'll blow oh, up oh yeah i man i just want like my own place with a room and i'll just put my mattress on the floor in the corner of the room and i just have like a desk another desk mm. all the model made like just a studio and then just a bed in the corner that's all i fucking yeah. need man that's all i want yeah. We'll see if Chad can order us some of those work desks. Some of those tables, send yeah. It, send it through Uline or something like that. Actually, no, he can just... Chad, Chad literally lives like up the road from me. You just get him to drop it off. The tables? At this house. Yeah. A, well, that a, would mean he would have to get the table. I think you'd have to house. like fucking ship it in a truck. Imagine the box, if it comes in a box of pieces, that's a big box. I imagine they would flat pack it though. Yeah, but even so, that's a even so a heavy yeah, box. It's a big box like that. That oh, a big heavy box. Like those steel legs would weigh a few pounds each, and then like that fucking wood, a few pounds. The, the wood, the wood surface on top is like a two and a half inch thick slab of yeah. That's that. I don't know heavy. if it's real that's wood, heavy. but even so, if it's like MDF, it's even even heavier. Heavier. It's like I th- I think it's real wood, but I mm, no, it's not real. It's I think when we looked I on, I think it was like a composite. A, I think it was like it said a two and a half inch composite uh, mm. would. Uh, so it'd be like an MDF, LDF maybe type thing. I think it's more like an OSB chipboard type thing that's just been densely compressed. Yeah, it could be like that too. But who knows? What was the website for it again? I never actually well, ended just, up looking at oh, it. Oh, it was just on uh, Uline. Actually, if you go on, um, if you if you go on the process Instagram on the messages and you go through conversation with Chad and he, he linked it, that's oh, that's true. how that's how that's I was right. looking at it. Because it was like yeah, we got to schedule, we got to schedule in a few people for upcoming we episodes. Do. Actually, it, yeah, it'd be cool to start scheduling some more, um, Humber ID people. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, we need to. We need to. Because we've also people. told quite a few people that like you're coming on. Just let us figure it out. Yeah, and we haven't figured it out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Industrial packing tables. Here we are. Mm. Yeah, com- wood composite. Get different sizes too. You can do a stainless steel top, a maple top. I wonder if we had the maple ones. To be honest, I think so. Because when I when I think of like the drill holes in the top and like the chunks cut out of it, it it seemed yeah. to like cut and drill and splinter like a natural wood so yeah, i think it I could think have been right. a, it could have been a it could have been the maple top with um maybe a coating or something i think you're right they've got like I'm a nice sure they kick plate on something. it can imagine putting my backpack on there drilling into the the metal sides and what like i would want to do is like stuff for cables is like primer gray or like montana gray like a medium tone gray, like the legs, all the metal, mm-hmm. and then just leave the wood top. A stainless one would be cool for, um, it'd be kind of cool for model making, but I think I'd like the wood. Yeah, like definitely. the wood, the wood top. They're not even that expensive for like how it's because no. the, the places buying them are like industrial places, right? So they're not looking for fancy looking uh, tables. Yeah. Whereas most this is people, kind of cool just looking at all this stuff here. You, like all you the line? stuff that Uline sells. Oh yeah, they sell some cool stuff. And it's just like simple. And I think it's stuff, cheaper but... because usually the places buying are probably buying in bulk because it's all like industrial mm. stuff, right? So, but even the the biggest size was it thirty? Was it something? Was the biggest size they do forty eight by ninety six? Or am um, I, is that I will... too big? I'm trying to think. I will tell you. It was forty eight by the something. Size the biggest one they do ninety six by thirty. Or, oh, yeah, ninety six by thirty. I thought it was forty eight by something. 
48 by 36, 60 by 36, 72 by 36, and 96 by 36. 96 by 36. Isn't that like 600, 600 bucks? 630s? Uh, for one item, it is $641. Yeah. Weighs 268 pounds. But like you think for that work desk, 600 bucks, like, I mean... It's durable. It's never going to go you anywhere. You could get an Ikea table for... I don't know what I... Like my the one I have right now is IKEA, but this is years ago. I I don't know how expensive it was. It wasn't that expensive. Um, hmm. I don't think. But like, I would imagine, even if you spent less on like an IKEA desk, it's not going to last as long. No, ultimately, it's not going to last. Like those U line ones are made for industrial. Years. Yeah, yeah. Like the that thing will survive the nuclear holocaust. And even if like the table the tabletop gets wrecked, you just take the legs off and you just replace the top right it's designed that way yeah that's the thing so just got a message from Catherine pertaining to uh what we were um oh, discussing okay. earlier um i just got a new follow wednesday on wednesday wednesday 5 p.m we have a we have a meeting with Catherine. okay just to disclose that and in relation to what that meeting pertains to. I've got something pretty cool that I'm doing right now. Yeah. Can you guess what it is? I just got a follow from Pinterest Designs on Instagram. By the way, I'll just throw, throw that out there. Really sus thing that happened on the weekend before I get into this. Oh, okay. Sus you know, You know Henry's the camera So Henry's is a camera store here in Ye Canada. Yes. Are you probably familiar? It's actually pretty cool. On their Instagram, they do a lot of contests. Right. And where like you take a photo, you take a photo, you tag them, you do this whole bunch of cool stuff. But on the weekend, I got a message from Henry's underscore staff. And it was like, congratulations, like you have won, blah, 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 blah. Like go to this website here, click this link, do this, do that. And I'm like, I haven't submitted a photo i haven't tagged you in any of my photos no one has tagged you in my photos and then went on to henry's main instagram and apparently they had gotten a whole bunch of complaints of basically these people are trying to like mm. it's it's scammers effectively trying to get your information or get your money or get whatever posing as henry's because they know that henry's is running these competitions and all it takes is Damn. a quick glance Oh, Henry's staff. That must be legit. But then you look at it and it's no post. There's 72 followers and they're following like 600 people. Yeah, no. Like, that's, hmm, no. That's a bit sus. It's no. just a bit bizarre. But yeah, that happened on the weekend and I successfully evaded it. And they sent me this big long message. And then I was like, I, I knew as, as soon as I got it that it was a scam thing. So I, I replied back like, nice try, you fucking scammer. Hmm. And didn't block them because I wanted to see if they would reply. They, reply. they didn't reply. They did Weak. not. Classic Weak. Classic cuck move. Weak. Yeah, I was like, come on. Tr like, try me. Weak. What are you, you going to do? You could have said something by now. They don't, they don't want to say something back. They know they lost. Yeah, exactly. Plus, if they say something back, I'll say like, oh, they're harassing me with plans for extortion. Boom. I'll win. Every single day in a legal court, say, I will win. I, I won a won a contest for what photo? I don't think I uh, send you guys any any photos. The only photo project I've been working on is you know working with uh, you know the OPP the past few weeks. You know they're really good guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the official police photographer of the Ontario Provincial Police. <laughs> Can yeah. you imagine that, dude? That's really a job. Well, think of crime scene photographers. They yeah. have to go and catalog all the evidence. Dude, that was like uh, my my granddad, my dad's dad was that in the Navy in the uh, 60s. He was the photographer for um, spent his life on on, on the ships and he would photograph like uh, photograph um, like crashes and. Wow. And dead bodies. That's type your dad's stuff. dad? Yeah. Is your dad's dad still with us? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really? In the UK. Would he be, do you think he'd be up for a... <laughs> I don't know if he'd be able to work. I think I think my dad and my uncle teaching him how to use Skype is like the limit of techno, uh, oh, technology, yeah. to be honest. He's a, he's a painter, yeah. though. 
Really? Yeah. Get a little little arch jeans from him, maybe. He's a Down water sure. watercolor painter. He's a watercolor artist. That's what he likes doing, and he's pretty pretty sick at it. Wow. You'll have to send me some of some pictures. We've got of stuff some uh we got some of his stuff around the house on the walls, I think. Somewhere. Really? Somewhere. It might be upstairs actually. Like top yeah, floor. Yeah, I was gonna say I've only kind of traversed your kitchen and your basement. Yeah, I don't know if there's any might be on top floor or something. But um Fortunately for your sister, I've not spent much time in her room. <laughs> that was the the box I got down here with all my modeling supplies. It's this really mm-hmm. cool old box. Oh, so that's this his? is yeah, because my my dad had it and used it as a model making box with for tools right. and paints and whatnot. And then he got it from his dad, and that was his like box for his all his camera equipment. Whoa. So this thing's it got some cool history behind it. Right down. That's crazy. Under my desk. It's a nice box, too. It is. Cool. Remember, we were looking at it just before we all left for the pandemic. Mm. It's pretty nifty. It's a cool box. Like it a lot. For some history. Okay. As I was talking about, do you yeah, have any yeah. ideas what you do know? But I was going to say, I think I know. Yeah. I, I talked about this yeah. last night. Spent like a good two hours on Discord just chatting through things. Because we were working on stuff. Yes, we were being creative. Being so this creative. all goes back. Let's backtrack a little bit to beginning of December 2020. And I saw this thing on... I don't even remember where I saw it. Where did I see it? Didn't Sean mention it? Sean mentioned this on his podcast episode. And then you saw it somewhere else? I must have seen it on LinkedIn because I wasn't on Instagram at that point. I think I think I remember you saying you saw it on LinkedIn. I think so, you did. So I saw it on LinkedIn and it was a post by Advanced Design, which is um, a group started by Hector Silva, who's an industrial designer from the States. And I was like, all right, interesting. What's this about? And it was it was a call for applications. And it was an application to join this 12-week online pilot program, which kind of aims to disrupt design education and give more of a real, a real-world view of design and the design as a profession through the instruction of industry leaders, which is kind of what we did at school. However, I do genuinely think that it's maybe half a step removed from the industry with school because it's part of a larger institution, mm. you know, Humber College, Carleton University or OCAD U is the facilitator of that education. And they, the school and the board determines what needs to be taught at the end of the day to meet the requirements of the program, right? Which is fine. I have no regrets about doing school at all. But I thought, I was like, okay, I'll apply to this thing. I, I clearly, I did not expect anything from it. And I sent the guy, I sent Hector Silva an email and I was like, what is this like about? Like, here's my website. I just sent him a bunch of links. I sent him a link to my website, link to my YouTube, which is pretty rudimentary. And then a, a link to a link to my Instagram and a link to the process Instagram. And I said like, this is kind of my stuff and this is what I've done. I don't really know what else you're going to need from me or what else you might need from me. But if you need something else, then ask me and I can get it to you. It was a very loose thing and I genuinely expected nothing from it. And to be quite honest, until Sunday night, I completely, or Saturday night, I forgot all about it. So offsite design or advanced design hosts this 12-week online pilot program called Advanced Design Offsite, which is basically aims to prepare, I'm just reading off the website, aims to prepare students and newly graduated young professionals for real-world design work with the help of six industry leaders and an exclusive mentorship program. These six instructors being Tyler Anderson, Spencer Nugent, Kat Reiser, Kelly Custer, Michael DeTulo, and Dominic Montante. And we worked with Dominic with the Umbra project. So I was immediately like, okay, interesting. Six courses done throughout the week. It's like an hour to two hours each. It's all done online. And 
I got an email Saturday night saying that I had been accepted and I have 72 hours to kind of like confirm, confirm my acceptance into the, into the program effectively. So it looks like we're going back to school. Mm. So I have, we, we talked about it a lot last night and, or like, is, is it one of those things that is going to be worth the time and worth the money and worth the energy investment? kind of don't know right yeah you don't know for sure there's no there's no way of knowing without doing it but i don't see there's ultimately no downside to it there's only positive increases the way that i look at it so i've decided to go ahead and do it oh yeah i've decided to accept it so we're going back to school. Yeah, it was like I said Which to I, you. I, I think, you know, if you can financially do it, it's it's you should do it. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish I wish if I had the money and if I got accepted into it, I would I would do it. Because mm-hmm. like, who knows? In the next three, in the next twelve weeks, you could get a job and make that amount of money, and you could totally apply for the for the summer thing. Because this is called yeah. the spring. They're calling it the spring twenty twenty one cohort. Yeah. So yeah, and like I, I don't see why. I almost guarantee you, you'd be able to get in, for sure. I yeah. that's another thing is I don't necessarily know what metric they're evaluating people against in terms of accepting people and not accepting people. It's it's hard to say, but I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be a cool experience. Yeah, you know, I think I and think plus, plus if I get a good experience out of it this podcast then becomes an outlet for those learnings as well as that experience and hope maybe someone who listens to this there could be that there's the possibility that someone is listening to this who is also doing this program that'd be kind of cool how freaky be, how freaky would that be i mean with how much the universe has been on our side recently i you never mm. know could yeah, be no uh, you you don't know yeah so the program effect is, starts on february 15th so i got two and a half, three weeks. It includes a certificate of completion, which is all well and good. Don't really care about that. Six studio courses taught by working designers to elevate your skills and thinking from student to professional, which I think that's what I was missing is that transition, even in school from thinking as a student to thinking as a professional. Yeah. And it's a hard thing to kind of figure out on your own when there's no one to no one to beat you down. The only way that someone beats you down is by just ignoring your portfolio, you know? Yeah. Which, I mean, you've seen that dozens and dozens of times and applying to places and it goes nowhere. And it's like, okay, yeah. well, that's, and that's the tough thing is there's no, there's no reciprocal feedback to say what, what is lacking and what, like what, what's holding me back, you know, mm-hmm. that's a tricky thing. There's one-on-one weekly office hours with your instructors, 12 weeks of 100-plus hours of class content, one-on-one partnership with mentors who work in the industry chosen just for you, weekly live seminars, work samples to include in the portfolio, collaborative on online studio environment. That's going to be pretty interesting. That'd be interesting how they do that. Yeah. Yeah. People from all over, like many different countries. I'm... The more that I talk about it and the more that I look at it, I'm pretty stoked on it. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. But I'm also, I'm kind of almost more excited because we get to do this. We get to make this podcast at the same time that one of us goes through this and we may reach a point where you go through it again mm-hmm. or you go through it for the first time and it's on the show again. We may have two completely different experiences if that's the case. That's true. That could also be you know? one thing I'd be interested in is to see like, you know, did they say like how many people they're accepting into this? If it's online, there's not really, there's a limit because of how many people, like if there's one-on-one time, there's got to be a limit or else it just gets out of hand and the profs can't, you know, the guys can't have one-on-one time if there's two, it's like 3000 people, but yeah. Did they, did they say like a, how many people or like, it'd be interesting to see the people who got in. Are mm-hmm. they, 
Like, are you are they people that have already done a bachelor's or something? Yes and no. Or like so people the cohort, Okay. The cohort from fall 2020 was 52 people in total. Okay. And I was listening because Advanced Design hosts a podcast called Context, which Sean was referring to in his episode, episode 50 of the Process Podcast, if you want to listen to Sean Pladek. Um, and they did a couple episodes where they had off-site students talking about their experience. And that's what I listened to basically almost all day Sunday before mm-hmm. I got on the call with you, was just so I could hear their experience. And one of the guys, Chris Ference, I knew of from before from listening to the Minor Details podcast, Chris Ference was like an intern for Nick Baker, who does all those gnarly chair sketches on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I highly respect Nick as an industrial designer, even though I've never met him. It would be really cool too. I think we can get him on the show. I think we That'd can. That'd be pretty sweet. And I knew Chris Ference through that. And I thought, okay, well, if this is something that Chris Ference is doing and he seems just very interested in the whole industrial design thing, and I only know about this simply through hearing about it through the various podcast streams. It's like this, there's got to be like something to this, right? And for example, Chris, from what I understand, is going into his third year now. There's people here that have graduated from industrial design. There's people that have also graduated from programs that are not industrial design. Mm. Engineers that are looking to get into the industrial design ecosystem, into the industrial design world. There's people who have been working professionally for 15, 20 years and are deciding to Hmm. either brush up their skills or retrain the way they look at things. I thought that's just that's just very interesting that yeah it's a whole mix of people yeah what i was just thinking about i was like you know our experience through humber come from high school with no industrial design background not really a design background we had to learn how to like you know sketch in as a designer does and communicate Mm -hmm. as a designer should communicate and build models and whatnot and you know there was a big emphasis in the first two years on the hard skills like that because we needed those skills as you know at a high enough level where we could use those tools efficiently to design something you know mm-hmm. and one of the things we always joke always joked about was you know you go through school by the end of the school you're probably pretty sick at sketching and then you get into the industry and you don't really spend that much time sketching or if it is it's a very quick yeah loose sketch because in reality you don't have you don't always have the time or most time you don't have the time to spend hours and hours on one sketch to make it perfect it's got to be you know if you can communicate your idea efficiently and well enough in a 10 minute sketch then why waste Mm -hmm. the time doing a five hour sketch you know if you can tell the same communicate the same idea Right. Exactly. And if this course is focusing more on, you know, kind of design in the actual industry, which I think would be really cool because hearing you talk yeah. about uh things you've learned from work and when we were talking to Seb and him talking about like, you know, well, we we learned manufacturing, but it was very like, you know, on the nose. Like it was very like, this is injection molding. The steps need to do this. You need to know this. And then when you're actually working with it, there's a lot more you need to know. And if you get to work Mm -hmm. with like an engineer, which you probably are, you're learning even more from from them of like do's and don'ts Mm. and things you got to think about, right? And I feel like sketching, I mean, again, this is me. I don't have the experience of design studio yet. Um, But from what I've seen and heard from podcasts or seen videos or, you know, whatever, um, Obviously, you got to be good at sketching, but it's there's less of an importance on these hard skills individually. Mm-hmm. Like they're more just, and I'd be interested if they're doing like more of an industry thing. Are they going to be like expecting like you know sketches that Catherine or Bruce would expect in third year, kind of thing? Because yeah. if there's people coming in with different backgrounds, you know, it'd be like 
you know, you could have some people like in first year level, you know, or engineering, you could probably do like uh drafting type sketches, true, but true. you probably not going to, not that you need to draw a car, but you're not going to be able to draw a car or sketch a shoe or, you know, maybe even a table or something if you're not into sketching. Mm-hmm. But then you come in and doing an industrial design program, like I have that background, you have already. that background, right? So like, are they going to have, you know, it'd be interesting if this makes sense, if you know what I mean, like, are they going to see it as like, yeah, yeah you got to be able to communicate your idea, but we're not looking for, you know, rendered hand rendered sketches that took you six hours for your project. Like, are That's, we, yeah. if we're doing more of like an industry based thing, like, you know, we want to see rather than one marker rendered beautiful sketch of a fucking drill <laughs> instead mm, yeah. i want to see a wall of ideation in like a mock-up format or something and then yeah. with a sketch model beside it like stuff that in industry you'd actually use to tell your story you know like which i imagine almost what i hope for I, right because that would be kind of that would be an interesting again if people are doing it without a background that's like new to them anyways but mm-hmm. they don't have any like previous versions to go from. Whereas if you did it or I, if I did it, end up doing it, you know, like you have that background. It'd be yeah. kind of cool then to focus more on that because we didn't really focus on that. We, we were at the level where first, second year learning sketching mm-hmm. and all the fundamentals and then third and fourth year kind of refining them. But we never got to the point like even with some of our projects like if we were doing loose sketches they were like okay make sure that's in like the ideation on the wall in the background of the photo you want that nice sketch to show off kind of thing right but Mm -hmm. and ultimately again that's because you want to put your portfolio you want to show off you want to get a job whatever but if they're focusing on the industry stuff be interesting to do projects where they're not pressuring you to be like well yeah you see all those concept development sketches you have on that page of that project yeah like all of them need to be hand rendered and perfect. You know, it'd be interesting if they're doing this whole, like, you know, a different take on design education thing where they take those sort of things. Right. I think it could Mm. be a good, a good thing. Cause you're not, you're not getting hung up on, Oh, you gotta be a God tier sketcher. And instead it's like, Mm. well, we don't care if you can, draw a drill freehand perfect perspective with all the details and all the ellipses bang on but we care like can you design a drill through the same steps and process or you know in a way that like doesn't look good for doesn't just look good in a portfolio from a school but looks good to someone in the industry that's what that's the vibe that i get off of this is it's more aligned with the process of design as opposed to the outcome being a final fleshed out yeah project or a product and i don't think there's a grading system in this yeah. which i enjoy because then yeah. it completely removes the aspiration to get the 90 get the 95 as opposed Dude, to being be bummed a... out that you get a 65 or a 60 and that i think would be that'd be a really cool experience like I would like mm. to experience Humber ID if they if it didn't have that. Like without Same. getting too sidetracked, like I the other day on the news, there was something, one of the few stories that wasn't about COVID or politics or politics. Yeah, Jesus. one or two. Um, but it was something about um one of the universities or colleges. Fuck, who was it now? And they were trying to where they were gonna s- students or something or they're they're talking about maybe trying out a system where it's not grade based and it's pass or fail and like there's a bunch of students signing a petition like to try like like encouraging like to test this out but they were but they were talking about like in the case of like because there's a good thing good and bad sides to that idea right like if you were if you were um becoming a doctor you wouldn't want a pass or fail system Mm. or sorry sorry no you sorry you kind of do actually sorry you want to pass a fail you don't want to yeah, you, do. you don't want a doctor with a 71 you want a doctor with that fucking passed right well yes. you, you want a doctor with like he was the best in the class right so as long as that pass or fail is like 
um strict on that like if the pass is you know you got to be at the top mm-hmm. but i was like does that defeat the purpose if that's the case because there are people voting for pass or fail because they don't want people to see because in our industry in design they're not going to look at the marks they don't give a shit no right but no. i could see in other industries they will if you're in accounting i'm sure they probably look at the marks that you'd had from university because it kind of speaks to your competency right? but then if you have a pass or fail that kind of hides like you could get you could either be not as good and get away with it mm. or you could be really good and then have it kind of backfire on you because it's like well how good are you kind of thing if you I just think it depends on the metric of pass or fail exactly not necessarily being 50 and below is a fail 51 and above is a pass it could very well be 80 anything less than 85 is a fail but then 85 and up is a pass exactly but then does that not defeat the purpose of grading you might as well have grading anyways then like at that point you're still worried about the grade because like all these people that are getting 1670s now wouldn't mm. pass and i don't want i didn't want to be an asshole yeah. but i was like all these people voting for pass or fail because they don't want to get are probably the people that are getting 60s, 70s, and they don't yeah. want that to show up. They just want to pass. Mm. So at that point, like if you if it's, I agree. If you're doing pass or fail, you want that fail to be like it's an 85 up or 80 up. But then at the same, but at that point, yeah. that's a lot of people failing. I mean, it would push people, but I feel like right now with everything going on, that would it's not the it's a little too strict for people. It's people start complaining. But on des- but design, I could see that. They have no grading. That would be a really cool experience because like that would be a lot more real. You know, in the industry, it's not like, oh, the client's going to give you a 60. It's like you're just not getting paid because they don't like it. The client's not going to take the job and you're not going to get the gig. You're not going to get paid. Yeah. Like, you, oh, you didn't do well. So they just, you know, they just decided to abandon you and go for a different designer to redo the work kind of thing, you know, like, yeah. And then depending, you know, on a, who gets a 80 or a 90 or whatever is like subjective and it's people critiquing and thinking, well, is that design. So it'd be interesting to see actually. Um, yeah. I kind of, I, I, I hope like it that. is not grade based if it is grade based. And if possible, I intend to avoid looking at whatever grade I get. Or even if I do look at it, look at it, but then just kind of forget it. Like Catherine was saying, the grade is simply a a metric to track your progress. It's not meant to define you. But growing up in a school system that uses grades to define you for it's how many years we're in school? 10, 12, 16, 18, 14, 8, 2. Four, I'm trying to think how old it was when I was in preschool. 14. Kindergarten. I don't know if that was graded though. That's 10. Yeah, I don't know. A long time. Say 14 years. Say 14 years though, for the sake of example. Not far you off almost, of her you entire can't break life. that psychology. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's a hard thing to to just start to ignore all of a, all of a sudden because it's, yeah. it's, you know, carved into your brain. Like, you don't care about the marks mm-hmm. and we report cards are coming home. You know, it's it's that it's that thing. It'd be yeah, I think it would be like what we talked about now. Now that we've talked about it, mm. we've talked to Catherine about it, I think it'd be cool to go back and even if there are grades, like you said, just ignore them and do your thing. Yeah. And it'd be it'd be cool because I think there's a lot of uh, like designs out there. Like if they're actually saying, well, here's a project. Who cares if you get an 80 or a 60? It's like, is this actually solve the problem? Because if it solves a problem yeah. and it's it looks nice and it does everything it needs to, like, you know, if you were to critique, if some academic, you know, designers decided to critique your work, they could give you a 71. But, like, if that's, you know, if you're critiquing, like, designs in the world that would get, like, a 98, it's very few. any Like, it, you know, it's hard to, mm-hmm. I think it's hard to add numbers, like, number grades to design. Right. Grades are so subjective anyway. Like, yeah, you could hand in the same sketch, give it to Catherine, give it to Bruce and give it to Odin. And they would give you three completely different marks. Yeah. Which some people would be like, well, that's not fair. And it's like, well, I guess in ways, but also that's just 
that the industry is going to be even worse. So like, you know, in that way, like Bruce will probably give you a lower mark simply to help hopefully encourage you. And also because he's very prompt in the technical aspect of things, whereas Odin may give you a bit of a higher mark if it's maybe slightly more artistic and a bit more expressive. And Catherine may, who knows what Catherine will do. She may give you a really good mark because it's expressive. She may also shaft you if your perspective is off. So it's it's tough to say. Yeah. Kind of can't say. Yeah. But speaking of Bruce, good old Bruce Thompson. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, Zach, is episode 100 of the Process Podcast. Triple digits. Triple digits. Bruce Thompson will, for 100% certainty, be making an appearance Mm -hmm. on the Process Podcast tomorrow, which... Oh man, I'm so excited. so excited. Uh, Anyone who's listening who had Bruce or have Bruce, you gotta listen to that episode. Gotta listen to it because you I have to. I, I, I'm sure there's people out there, students that don't like Bruce, but as it got to be very, very few because I think if um yeah, like I can see why some people if you're a bit soft. I'm going to call you out. I know quite a few people that we graduated with that are not keen on Bruce. Oh, really? Okay, maybe. Well, I feel like if if you don't like him, then I can understand. Like, if you take feedback a bit. If if you suck. A bit harsh. I can understand you don't get along with him because he can be. He can't be sensitive around Bruce. And I get I, I understand that's not for everyone. Fair enough. But. You also have to understand that he's not intentionally offending you. It's no, you can't take his feedback personally. He's critiquing your work. Not that's you. just who he is. He and he believes in the way of like, like you said, give you a little bit of lower mark to push you. Like he want because he wants to see you get better and better, right? And mm-hmm. he he's a big guy for, you know, you put in your work. Like I'm not gonna do it for you. You gotta motivate mm-hmm. yourself. You gotta, you know, motivate yourself to sketch all the time and. And get better but i don't know we both love bruce we both love bruce and um, like he's he's probably i wouldn't say he's had the biggest impact on me because there's so many people that have but he was the he was the first person to kind of in a way it feels like he gave me permission to pursue industrial design when i was debating between mm. an id and architecture and like for that, like that's why he's stuck in my head since then because of the first conversation I had with him. I was like, I don't know, like I'm torn between this and this. And he's like, oh, I was felt the same way. And I decided to go this way because I felt there was more opportunity for me to grow, something like that. I can't yeah. remember exactly what he said, but well, that's the thing, right? Like, like you said, I can't, I absolutely love Bruce. He, he might be my favorite. It probably is my favorite prof. Like I just got along with him really well. Mm-hmm. He felt like one of the boys. It one of those things he that is like one of the boys. I don't want to keep regretting things. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to keep regretting things. But it's one of those like I wish I'd go back and put more motivation through myself if I knew what I knew now, and really push myself in his classes, to just to yeah. to to take as much feedback and, and knowledge from him as i could have like even more than i did mm-hmm. i wish but whatever i can't can't go back and do that but he's he's definitely one of my favorite and but like you said i think every prof even the ones we didn't like as much i mean there's not really any i didn't like different times so, sometimes there's definitely some yeah, i didn't yeah, like but sure. looking back on it is like honestly it was me being a bit of a bitch. It wasn't the teacher, it was you right? Being a bitch and them just doing but, their job. But every, every prof had like impacted me and mm. us and everyone in in a very important way. I mean, cool you say that, but it's almost like he gave you permission. Like when you talk to him, it's I didn't talk to him, but there was that early connection between me seeing the Humber booth, at the auto show, and he was there, but I didn't know him at the time. I just yeah. saw him. And that, you know, connection. And then you see him again. You're like, going to the halls. Who's that? Oh, that's 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 Bruce Thompson. He's the automotive t- design teacher. And it's like, whoa. Oh. And then you're looking. You know, your first year, and you go past the clay room windows, and you look at all the guys in there working away, and all the car sketches on the wall. And you're like, you look at it as some elite group. 
at least for me because that's what i want to do that vibe. it's got that vibe i'm like oh i cannot wait to be in there like it's like going into the the varsity team or the next level like that's the top of the top you know that's yeah. so he definitely played a big part i am so excited beyond to have, to have him on and have a chat with him it's gonna be good I haven't heard his voice it's in, a, in a minute i know I know. And if you haven't heard Bruce's voice in a hot minute, send us an email to hide out the process podcast at gmail.com. Make sure before you do that, that you tune in to tomorrow's episode when Bruce's episode comes out, because we are extremely excited and very much looking forward to having Bruce on the process podcast, because it's something we've talked about since like the first episode. I mean, yeah. When we thought of people we want to have on at some point, he was one of the first ones, right? (laughs) Bruce. Bruce, episode 100, Bruce. I just thought of the time when he came in. I don't know if you were in the auto with us. No, you definitely were, right? When we put the projector with the, hello, Bruce, on the projector. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah, got the, the Finding Nemo. Hello, Bruce. Hello, as, he, hello, as he walks in the morning. And he, yeah, and he said. <laughs> I think that was my idea, too. Yeah, I, I think you I, pulled I was it the up. one at the computer. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, good times. Good times, good times. Zach, what is our Instagram? Process underscore underscore podcast. Go check it out. Mm -hmm. Give us a follow. Got some cool posts on there. Cool snippets, cool sketches, cool work. Might tease something. A little cool poster coming up. I'm sure we'll do it. We worked on it a bit, but probably do that. uh, Put that out tomorrow. Alongside episode 100. Episode 100. So make sure you check it out. Until then. Yeah, make sure you check it out. And until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much. We will see you tomorrow for episode 100 of the Process Podcast. You do not not want to be the guy that misses out on the first 100th (laughs) episode of the Process Podcast. Like I said, first. The first 100th episode. So make sure you tune in. No idea when it's going to come out. It's going to come out at some point tomorrow. Keep an eye out for it. And we will see you then. Catch you later. Peace.